Welcome to another edition of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. GPB, GPB gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, any and all. And thanks for being a part of things, everything here at GPB and GPB Sports. It is another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast with me, John Nelson, and as always, my co-pilot down in the borough, my good friend Tommy Palmer. Tommy, glad to have you on this week. Good to be back, my brother. Good to be back. Trust me, I'd much rather do this than the surgeries and everything I've been through. Trust me. No doubt about it. Joining us by the phone this week down in the borough. And we've actually had some news. And uh, the first piece of news came from the Board of Trustees meeting at the GHSA, where they are now saying that conditioning can happen for uh, GHSA-sanctioned sports across the board June the 8th. I know there was initial talk about June 1. Some of the larger school districts and and school areas uh, were thinking that uh, maybe another week needed to be a part of the deal. But it is now June 8th for conditioning under a bunch of different circumstances, and it is a three-page document, Tommy. Well, you know, I I agree with this. June 8th is is an excellent time, and... Uh, it, it will give you plenty of time to get ready. If you can't get ready from June the 8th up until probably August 15th, uh, you won't be ready anyway. So, uh, you, you know, this is this is just one of those situations where, you know, June 8th is a good date that everybody settled on. Let's go ahead and, and see what happens from here. I know it's not a perfect situation. But trust me, we were all concerned, John, and, and you as well as I. We had had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, will we be able to play football in the fall? We didn't. We were not sure we were going to be able to, but I'm just thankful that June 8th has, has come around and we can begin to just start the conditioning work, and it, it's going to be tough. It really is, but uh, uh, tough football teams win, you know. You win in the practice game and you win in the other games as well. So I think it's a good thing. And for those that would like the guidelines just to take a peek at what was decided at the Board of Trustees meeting, I would uh, suggest going to the GHSA website, ghsa.net, and you can get the minutes of the last Board of Trustees meeting and the guidelines that were set forth and agreed to after consultation with folks like Ron Corson up at the University of Georgia. So I agree. Yeah, I agree. Go to the GHSA website, take a peek at the Board of Trustees minutes, and you can uh, get a a handle on what's going on in the the current situation as we have it. And the other piece of news that that I wanted to get in with you about in this particular show, and it's going to be the the bulk of this particular program, is the fact that you are retiring as host of the Friday Night High School Scoreboard Show that has been a part of the fabric of a lot of football Fridays for a very long time. It really has. And, you know, when you get right down to it, John, you you can't do this forever. Ed, Ed Pilcher and I had decided years ago that we would always be the lifers that we would continue to do and uh, until we died. But uh, Friday nights uh, had just gotten to the point to where uh, it, 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 it had gotten to be a little bit of a job. And I never, ever wanted it to be that. I did 15 years, and I said, you know, it's time for somebody else to take over. And it really is, because I started this when I was a junior in high school. Atta boy. 
I, I did. I really did. And I, I love my work. I, I started in high school, uh, graduated from high school, and then started writing for newspapers. And in 1981, I went into television, and you opened some doors for me, which I cer- certainly appreciate. And uh, uh, the rest is history. When you total it all together, I've been doing this 60 years. 60 years is a long, long time, and I'm really not that old. Now, obviously, Tommy, a lot of folks have been asking uh, ever since, you know, some may follow you on social media, on uh, Twitter and Facebook and such, and they know that you've been battling cancer, and uh, right now the the news has not been good over the last little while. A lot of folks, they'll come up to me, and they'll want to know, so I'm just going to go ahead and ask, how are you? I am fine. I am under hospice care, but when you say hospice, it just scares people to death. Right. And, you, you know, that's not a good thing. I don't want it to scare people because I have as long as God will allow me to to, to be here. And, and that's all I'm looking for. You know, uh, I don't want to overshoot the date or undershoot the date. Uh, I, I'm going to be here as long as, as, as I can be here. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue to do my blogs. I'm going to continue to do the podcast, and I'm going to continue to do Tommy's Take. I'm just not going to work as, as hard as I have in the past. I'm going to be as diligent, and I'm going to have as much information as I've ever had, but someone else will be doing the scoreboard show. And I knew that when I started in 2005. I couldn't last forever. So uh, I, I've done my best, and I've run the race. I've had a wonderful time and whoever takes over whether it be jay or whether it be you know anybody else and there are several out there that would love to be doing the show and you know i i'd love to be sitting back on friday night and fall asleep listening to the show (laughs) so that's the way it's gonna be from here on out so that's the way it is john all right. Now, for those that uh, haven't picked this up yet, and I'm going to give a subtle plug, they need to grab Daisy Boys Club. And yeah. it was a, a book that has a, a lot of your heart and soul and history in it. What it was does. it like piecing that together as you look back on it now and look back on those days? Well, I wish I had done a better job of promoting it because, you know, after I die, it's going to be a bestseller. That's the sad part about it. I won't get to enjoy the fruits of that labor. And if anybody says, oh, I'm going to write a book, you know, I'm going to write a book, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. A book is very hard to write, especially, and and you, you, I think you've done five or six. Yeah, five working on six, and it is a jigsaw puzzle, brother. It it is not a day at the beach, is it, John? No. (laughs) It's a labor of love, but it is piecing together one of the largest jigsaw puzzles that you have ever found. And it is like a life-size jigsaw puzzle that you got to do. Well, I'm going to be doing blogs from this point forward, and I'm going to do personal Palmer blogs, and it actually will end up being book two of the Daisy Boys Club. Nice. Uh, it may happen after I'm gone, but uh, that's just the way I have, have got it planned at this point right now. Uh, I'll reveal a lot of stuff as as I go through some things here as we head down the home stretch, as I call it. But uh, it'll be the it'll be the last chapter of the Daisy Boys Club, and there will be two books out there. Uh, book one, which is the Daisy Boys Club, and then I have not titled the uh, the, the new, you know, number two, but uh, I will in plenty of time. So 
you'll know that there is a difference and you won't buy two of one or, you know, one of those stupid situations. So that's the way I'm going to do it. What was the first high school game that you ever went to? What was the first high school game I ever went to? Yeah, the first ever high school football game that you ever went to. Was it one you played in, or did you go into one before that? Oh, no. Oh, no. I went to a Claxton Stakesboro game when I was uh, 10 years old, and it was a hoot. I'm telling you, uh, Stakesboro beat Claxton 44 to nothing. Uh, and then the next year, Claxton, believe it or not, came back and beat Statesboro 26 to 19. Go figure. I mean, it, 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 it was amazing. But I was at 11. I went to a state championship game and Claxton beat or Claxton got beat by Rome or East Rome, one of those Rome schools, 14 to 7 or 14 to nothing uh, when I was very, very small. And, boy, you're talking about some crowds out for a high school football games. They had some tremendous players back in those days. And, and that's where my love came from, John. It, it, I, I was 10 when I saw my first game. So uh, I was 11 when I saw my first championship game and just, you know, loved it. Loved it. Just fell in love with it. And I said, I want to do this the rest of my life. And God has blessed me with that opportunity. What has it been like to see the sport grow from those first couple of games when you were 10 and 11 to where it is now? What's it been like to see the sport evolve to where it is? Most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. The changes have just been unbelievable. Offenses are unreal now. Defenses are real. Everything is so sophisticated Coaches did not walk around with pieces of paper and look down and see what they were going to call next back when I was 10 and 11 because I was very observant. I wanted to see what coaches were doing. And if truth be known, I wanted to be a football coach rather than a football broadcaster. It just kind of happenstance, if, 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 if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. that I got to be where I'm supposed to be. Who was the first coach that stuck with you? Oh, uh, gosh. Because if you're sitting there and you're looking at coaches on the sidelines when you're 10 and 11 years old and you're sitting there and, and looking at them and how they're, how they're coaching, who was the first coach that really made an impression on you? Uh, Noah Ryder, because he wouldn't let me play in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> and but the amazing part was he wouldn't let me – he wouldn't give me an opportunity in the spring of my sophomore year – and I thought I was good enough to play, and we got a new coach that came to town by the name of Dexter Poss, and I was in the starting lineup the next year. So uh, we showed him. <laughs> no, I, and I love Coach Ryder. He was a great guy, just a super nice guy, and I can't, I can't uh, say anything negative about anybody. But uh, Dexter Poss saw a lot more in me than I saw in me. And he gave me the opportunity, and I appreciate that. Never forget it. Learned a lot about life. Learned a lot about football, John. And at the same time, you know, you had the right Bazemores, and then after Coach Bazemore, it was it was Hyder, and you had Bonnell Royal. I mean, who else in in that particular section of the state were the coaches that you kept your eyes on? Well, you you had coaches that like like you said. Uh, Bonwell Royal, you had Wright Bazemore, you had Nick Hyder, 
You had name coaches who stayed at places for 10 to 20 years. There was none of this uh, three years and getting fired. You know, they kind of lived through everything. And uh, you, you greatly admired those guys because if you look around the Georgia Hall of Fame, you'll see a bunch of coaches who have done 20 years at one school and 25 years at one school. And that's unheard of today. You just don't see it anymore, John. And the reason is everybody wants a quick fix to everything anymore. And that's just a Tommy Palmer opinion. And I, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. There are no quick fixes in this world. Uh, have we had a quick fix to what's going on right now? Absolutely not. Been hammering away at it for about five or six months. And uh, I don't know how much progress we've made, but I will say this. You know, uh, when it comes to high school football, you're not going to build an empire in three years. It just doesn't happen. What have been some of your favorite championship games that you've got to cover? Oh, gosh, the one with uh, where I met you guys, uh, you and Janakio. What was his name, Jim? Yeah. The, yeah, the, the last game of the open-air press box at the Concrete Palace? <laughs> yeah, I guess that was it. I guess that was it. Uh, in, enjoyed that one. Uh, I, I, it may have been a semifinal, and if I'm wrong, somebody will call me out. You know, everybody <laughs> always does. But it's okay. I saw George Rogers play uh, Lions uh, in the pit back years ago, standing up on the side. And it was literally a pit that George Rogers put on a show that night against Lions. And and what a great high school football game that was. I've been to a lot of high school football uh, championship games. But I tell you what, I got an education when I started broadcasting them and and doing them on TV, John. You, You guys do the work. Holy smokes. You guys do the work. You really do. When it, hey, I'm one of the guys. Yeah, you are. I was going to say, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But, I mean, you know, when you look at, at championships, and you know, I think that we can sit there and look at the ones that we've covered, and each will have a, a specific memory because of, uh, you know, the, the North Gwinnett Lounge game where— Oh, what a, what a great game. What a great game. Where we were in the Concrete Palace, and you know how, like, when you're in— uh, a severe thunderstorm warning or a tornado warning and you're watching TV and they have the outline of that box or the rectangle of the area that is the warning area. Right. I and, was just hoping to hold on to the concrete. And we were the warning area? We were the warning area. Let me tell you something, brother. Uh, that's the first time I've ever really been scared uh, at a high school really? football game because there was nobody there that could help you. They were they were hiding themselves. And I don't mean that as far as the GHSA staff, everybody was running for cover. And you remember that, John, that was just something. Well, here, here's the thing with, with me in that particular game. And this is kind of pulling back the curtain on TV a little bit. We get through the, the open of the show and we knew that the rain was coming and we get through the show open and we go to commercial just before kickoff there was no rain happening during the the show intro we go to commercial right. the skies absolutely open up right and then it's just a monsoon it is sideways it is grass i don't know how greg reed scored on that long touchdown run to beginning uh, to begin the game 
but I, but I lost, I, I literally had to throw away a pair of pants because of all of the rain and the mud. Right. And uh, I, that outfit just had to go right into the garbage after that particular game. And that was uh, yeah. that was it was fun for a bunch of different reasons. But, yeah, get right through the open, go to commercial monsoon happens. And so that was the well, that was a fun one. It was a fun one. And I, ru- I ruined two pairs of shoes. I literally <laughs> get uh, because, I mean, it literally the, the rain and the water came up to my knees and we were all fighting to get in the cars and get back to Waycross where the GHSA had put us up nice. And, you know, I got to meet every member of uh, uh, the Godfather Club that night. And I got up the next morning and drove home. And I said, you know, this is just, I said, something is not right. And what the problem was, was my seat, my driver's seat (laughs) on my car was still soaked from the night before. That was the problem. What are some of your favorite stadiums to go watch games in? And it, it could be stuff from the modern day. It could be stuff that no longer exists. What were some of your favorite places to watch games? Uh, love to watch games. My all-time favorite, and, you know, people don't want to hear it, but my all-time favorite was the Georgia Dome. I really I had an affinity. I, had, I guess it's because my first real TV game was done there. I like that. I like the pit in Lions. It's just very unique. And if you've not if you've not gone and seen the pit, you you really need to just take a look at it. Wait till mid season because I'm sure it's a little warm early in the year and in August if if they're playing at home during that particular time. But there's some great old stadiums. You know, I, I can't I can't not include uh, the Pecan Grove because it's a it's a it's a beautiful stadium, and a lot of people won't understand this, but a few will. Uh, it's it's a runner's track, and let me tell you something: if you got a good running back, you can make some hay there on a Friday night. You mentioned George Rogers. Who are some of the the other athletes that you like to see in high school? I'm going to tell you, just like every time I speak at an athletic event, people ask me, "said What's the best athletic event you've ever seen in your life?" and they expect me to give some football answer. But my best athletic event I've ever seen in my life was Herschel Walker in the Statesboro Relays back in Herschel's senior year. You have never seen a performance like that. I've heard he's okay. Yeah, he's okay. 100-220, anchored to four. Uh, I think he high jumped, long jumped, did everything that day. But – the man is impressive, and I would certainly not have to – I wouldn't want to run a 100-yard dash against him now, um, even today. Mm-mm. Greatest athletic performance I've ever seen in my life at the Statesboro Relays. And there were probably, believe it or not, John, three or 4,000 people. Uh, at, well, I imagine the, the entire town of Wrightsville and Johnson County came up to come watch. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. And – most of states were a stayed to watch too. It was not like one of these runaway events. Trust me, you know. All right, so we talk coaches, we talk players, we talk games, we talk stadiums. If you could, if if you were in charge of high school football for a day, you were king for a day. Okay. What would you change? 
What would I change? Is there anything about the rules, about players? Is there anything about the game itself? What would you change if you could? What if I could? Yeah. What would I change? Or is it perfect as it is? No, it's not perfect. Uh, it, it has it has improved uh, probably over time. Okay. So what would you do for OT? Uh First team wins. Oh, so sudden death, basically, make it and uh, no, 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 uh, eat, no fair ups or anything. Nope, nope, nope. Just uh, if if you lose the toss of the coin, guess what? You've lost the toss of the coin. First team that scores win, and if you can't kick a field goal, you don't need to be piddling around down there, you know, trying to win a football game late. So uh, my, my feeling is the best team should have already won anyway. Why are we doing overtime? I know that sounds terrible, but it's the way I feel, you know. Yeah. Um, I love you, my friend. I love you too, bud. Love you too. And hey, we're gonna do, we're gonna do stuff like this again. This oh, I is know. not the last time we're talking. Oh, I right? know. But I just figured with the announcement that you were you were hanging it up on the high school scoreboard show that that we would go ahead and just kind of look back on more than fifteen years and just kind of see what's going on and what's going on in your brain these days. Well, uh, I'm a driven man, yes. always have been, yep. uh, always will continue to be, and I will fight to the end. I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in in what uh, people who surround me are doing. I have a great family. I've had a great career. Very few people have 60-year careers. Yeah. And I have been blessed. I really have. And I feel very blessed and Gosh, this has just been a hoot. So then, you know, and, and a hoot in Daisy is pretty doggone good. So then let me ask you this. If, okay. If you had one lesson to give in the Tommy Palmer Ph.D. class for up-and-coming broadcasters, what lesson would you give them? Do your homework. I like know that. Know your teams. Know your teams. Know your teams. Know your players. Don't be sitting there uh, not knowing what's going on and not not knowing who's who's involved in this particular game that you're doing. Just just know what you're doing. That would be a Tommy PhD. All right, that's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Georgia Public Broadcasting and GPB Media. Thanks for accessing us on your favorite podcatcher or however you are doing it, even on your Alexa smart speaker, asking Alexa, hey, Alexa, play the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Go to gpb.org slash sports. Catch up on everything that we do in the sports department. They all rock. The show is, as always, produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. He's responsible for all this stuff. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next time.